I'm going in. It's too big. Size matters not. Didn't go in. So it's big. What's up, my Star Wars loving bunch of friends? See, I was going to say motherfuckers, but I'm trying to start out 2019 on a happier note, right? Um, this is Chris. So, you know, with another episode of Hoth Topic, I'm guessing like episode 15 or 16. I don't keep track. I need to really, really focus before uh, starting to hit record here. Um, coming at you live. And on New Year's Day 2019, I was going to go ahead and do a Christmas show um, to finish out 2018. But then I said, you know what? Fuck 2018. It was such a bitch of a year for me that I decided not to bless it with the euphony of my ranting uh, one more time and just wait till 2019 came up and just start right off on the right foot. So here we are. Again, this is Chris, otherwise known as Darth Dad of the Sarlacc Digest podcast, uh, which will be back on, uh, I believe, next next Friday. We're going with like the 10th or so, right around there. And uh, we'll be back with the fellas. And maybe even Mike this time, we'll see. And Caleb, if you're listening, if you're back in town, maybe we can get you over there too and start off the year with all of us. So the plan for today, just to kind of let you in on it, it'll be uh, I'm going to go through my retrospective of, of the year, a year since we've seen The Last Jedi, kind of what's gone on, my views a year later on The Last Jedi, a uh, little bit of news on the time jump that was not announced but confirmed by John Boyega, and Empire Magazine, we'll get into that a little bit. But the main part of the show, which is becoming quickly my favorite, and we've got the most um, listener interactions, questions, comments, what have you, today than we've had ever before. I've got 16 questions to go through from 12 different people, so that's going to be the the most of our show, the, the bigger portion there. So that's what we'll get to. But to start it off, let's go ahead and jump right into my my look back at 2018 Star Wars-wise won't look personal-wise because, again, fuck 2018. 2019 is going to be the year. So a year ago, we were uh, – I, I hadn't started doing this yet. We were just doing uh, Starlight Digest every other week. And I was running the Instagram page, the Facebook page, the Twitter, all that kind of stuff, and having a blast. We're going back, you know, uh, 54 weeks, let's go – um, at this point before Last Jedi came out. And the Star Wars universe was so happy and all the fans were pumped and, oh, we're going to get another Star Wars movie. You know, Rogue One was great, so this is going to be fantastic. We're excited Ryan Johnson's doing it. You know, and the the trolls, yeah, good thing because, you know, The Force Awakens was so such a rehash of A New Hope that this better be different, you know, that whole thing. But there was very few of those people bitching. But when they did, that's what they bitched about. But everybody was so excited, and we were all pumped and ready to go. And then Last Jedi comes out, and the whole fucking galaxy blew up and split us straight down the middle on uh, who likes it, who doesn't. I actually don't think it's down the middle. I think at, at this point there's a greater portion that did like it or at least appreciates it than hated it. But, you know, the vocal folks are uh, the ones that always get hurt, obviously. So, you know, a year later I've seen the film uh, maybe ten times. At, at this point, you know, not as much as I usually watch a Star Wars film. I've probably seen Rogue One 15 or 20 times. I've seen Solo probably about the same as I've seen The Last Jedi. But looking at The Last Jedi as a whole, I I still don't hate it. You know, it's still not 
My favorite is in the the bottom half of the the Star Wars saga, which is still puts it ahead of most movies. But looking at it, it was a, a fine addition to the saga. Um, I hear a lot of bitching that it completely threw away uh, JJ's Force Awakens, and it didn't continue that, which I think is bullshit. I saw that today. Somebody bitching about how it completely threw that away and and whatnot. And if you don't realize it, it's the very next day. Like in the part on uh, Octu takes place precisely where JJ left off. It's an absolute continuation. In the next day, you are not going to get the full breakdown of everything that was introduced in The Force Awakens. And people just want everything at once, and they have no patience. And that's the part that drives me nuts is, is people don't have imagination, um, patience, anything like that. And they, they I don't know how many times I've said it in, in 2018, but they can't see beyond their own nose that they're just... This is what it should be. This is how it should be. And anything you do different from this is bullshit. And frankly, all the things they wanted to see were either things that we had said on the show or we've come up with better things than what they're asking for. And we're still not upset by it. They went a different direction. Guess what? It's Star Wars. That's okay. It's not. I'm not writing it. It's not my job to write it. We accept what's on the page. We put it in the lore and we move on. Um, but Last Jedi, you know, very divisive, but... You know, I I still dig it. Matter of fact, it's going to come up a little bit later because I know one of our listeners wanted to uh, retort to my episode four, my favorite episode about Luke. So we'll get into that a little bit later, too. But again, you know, and I know I bitched about it quite a bit in 2018. And I'll, I'll just do this one last one here. I'm sure we'll get into it again right before nine comes out. But to have everybody... Not everybody, but have people say, oh, I'm done with Star Wars. They've ruined it. The sequel trilogy is bullshit. Um, You know, I'm done. I'm just going to go watch this, do that. Good. Be gone. Stop bitching. Just go away. If if you're done with Star Wars, be done with it and stop harping on it with us. Um, But you know what? Even if you don't like something, one part of an overall saga, you don't have to hate the whole thing. You don't have to be done with it. You can just... Watch the next one and see if it fixes it. And if it doesn't, you know, move on with your life. It's as much as I hate to admit it, it's fake people. It's out in space. It's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It's not affecting your your daily life, your jobs, your family, uh, unless you're one of us and it completely does. But come on, guys, let's let's move on. But movie wise, again, probably out of the ten movies, it's up. It's like number seven or eight. In my ranking, you know, it's right above episode two and Phantom Menace as the bottom two. Now, it does have its flaws. I still don't love Canto Bite, but I do understand it. I understand the symbolism there, what they were trying to say about the war and how this was always going to go on. And as long as there's money to be made, there will be um, war. I get that. I appreciate the the message there. I appreciate DJ's character now a little bit more. I really wasn't digging on uh, the way they used Del Toro, but uh, I can I can see it now, and I'm okay with that. Rose, I think that was way overblown, and the hatred for Rose uh, being greater than the hatred for Jar Jar, which I don't really get either one of them because I, I I don't mind either one of the characters. You know, it's so much, and then the hatred on uh, Holdo for being the one to take out the the Star Destroyer again, or a uh, Snoke ship, sorry. Um, I don't get that either. You know, again, it it shouldn't have been Akbar because Akbar should have been on the bridge of the command ship. So, again, it makes sense for Haldo 
to be the one there. Uh, Akbar should have died when Leia got blown out the cockpit there. It only made sense. So going back through the things that really were divisive with people, they're really not that big of a deal if you stop to think about it. The other thing, again, we'll talk about is the the Luke arc again a little bit later, um, and I think that's fantastic, and I've expressed that many, many times on both shows, how I think Luke's arc was absolutely perfect. Though I will touch on the force projection piece that people still seem to have a problem with, that Luke would force project himself, and, and we've never seen that before. You know, I was going back through Rebels, and um, I got the the set for Christmas, and so I've been watching them all again. And come to find out, you know what, no, well, number one, my last episode I went off on the doors, right, how doors are the, the kryptonite to all Force users. Kanan is apparently the greatest Jedi ever because he and Ezra together were able to open a giant door. So kudos to Kanan for paying attention in Jedi class because he is the only one specifically that can open a fucking door with the Force. So good on you, Kanan. But back to the point. Um, the Force projection was done in Rebels. We saw Yoda Force project himself, right? We know he's on Dagobah, but Force projecting himself to Ezra. So it's not like it hasn't been seen in canon. Um, again, not everybody watches the animation, which they should, because it feel, unless it's Resistance, you can ignore Resistance because it's bullshit. But you should watch the important ones, Clone Wars and Rebels, because it does fill in a lot of things and does show you things that they link into the movies, and that's that just happens to be one of them. We have seen that power before, and it's totally possible. So great that they, they did that again. And, you know, one of those things that people get pissed about because they hadn't seen it before, but we haven't seen... You know, every force power that's ever been talked about in the EU or canon on screen. So it was neat to see that part. Um, and if that drove people nuts, I just don't get it because that's one of the cooler things we've seen. Now, kind of what I hope for this year is kind of uh, uh, getting back to the enjoying things, right? Getting back to theory crafting, getting back to having fun online, getting back to talking Star Wars with friends, you know, whether it be on Instagram, Facebook, on the show, wh whatever it is and enjoying it again, and not fighting about stuff, and everybody kind of having an open mind on what's going to happen and getting excited about it, not just saying, I don't care what happens in 9. I don't, I'm hoping 2019 is that year that everybody kind of comes back and realizes it's a movie, it's fun, um, it's an adventure, and we get more and more and more. We've got so many cool things coming up in 2019 and, and in the future that we should be excited to be fans, and this is a great time to be alive, whether you're a Star Wars fan, comic book fan, anything. There's so many great things going on out there that people just want to bash on, but we're, we're so lucky to live in a time when this is actually happening. You know, there's, I, we could have been born thousands of different years before now, right? And here we are. You know, I was born in 1977. I haven't known a minute without Star Wars my entire life. How lucky is that? If I was born in the 20s, you know, I'd have been 50-some-odd years old by the time it came out and probably wouldn't have enjoyed it, you know, half as much. As, as I do now. What a lucky time to be alive and, and be a fan and have all these cool things happening. So let's not take that for granted. And let's let's see if 2019 we can get back to the the having fun and, and not just posting and sharing a fucked up meme because you think it's going to get you followers or likes. Let's actually look at it and have some fun with stuff and not just be dicks on online. Now, episode 9 coming out in December. So we really haven't got anything here. I did hope that we were going to see a trailer uh, by the end of 2018, but fine with me that we didn't. You know, I'm not on lookout or high alert for a Star Wars trailer. They can come out in Celebration. They can come out at Comic-Con. They can come out whenever. They can come out in October for all I give a shit with a trailer. I'm ready for it. 
They don't need to do a lot of amp up for Star Wars, though they might want to this time just for the 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 backlash of of Last Jedi and you know and what it did to Solo this year, uh, which I didn't really talk about in 2018. It kind of stuck to Last Jedi there, but Solo was fantastic. It's really too bad it didn't do as well in the box office as it should have. Um, I think people that watched it later on 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 streaming services and got it on Blu-ray and DVD, I think they realized they probably should have saw it in the theater because it was a fucking great movie. But to episode nine, the only news we've gotten right now is Empire Magazine article and John Boyega confirming that there will be a time jump, which we all assumed, right? We kind of figured that out. We've kind of theorycrafted into this time jump. We thought it might be three to five years, um, somewhere around that or longer, um, so everybody can rebuild. But the time jump is going to be one year. So we're looking at a one-year time jump. And really, uh, it's not what I expected. I'm okay with it. A lot can happen in a year. A lot happened in 2018, right? A lot happened um, in a lot of ways. So life can change in one year. I just don't know how they're going to play it or how J.J.'s going to do it. But I, I have full trust in them. Obviously, I trust every single time they put a movie out that it's going to be great and it's um, we're going to enjoy it and we're going to put it in this lore and it's going to be like, whoa, how cool. Um but one year we can let's see what we can figure. Kylo is obviously going to be the supreme leader, or new emperor, or whatever he's going to, you know, deem himself. Uh, there won't be much of a government left. They blew up the government, so at this point they should really. I know the crawl said that the the first order reigned, but it had only been a day, so they really hadn't gotten control of the galaxy. By this point, he can probably have pretty good control of the galaxy. Um. The resistance, the rebels now, the rebellion, because they'll be going, they're rebels again, because they'll be going after the new government. Uh, they should be able to rebuild quite a bit. We'll have Lando in there um, helping that part out. Let's see. The Jedi part, she wouldn't be able to have like full fledged, fully trained Jedi Knights with her. She could have a bunch of Padawans still, and they could be older Padawans, but they're not going to be fully trained. I know she got trained fast. I get all that. But. That probably won't be the strongest bit because Kylo will still have his Knights of Ren, we assume, and things like that. So, oh, unless, okay, this will come up to one of the questions later. I'm going to save that part. I'm going to save that part. Um, This is possible, so we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, Hell, shit, there's a couple questions in there that I, I would talk on now. So I think we're just going to get to the questions in a sec. But a one-year time jump, guys. That's that's the big news on Star Wars uh, Episode Nine. Um Looking forward to that. It's a good to have a time jump, obviously. Um, I just thought it would be a little bit longer. Three to five years was my guess, but hell, I haven't been right on shit yet, so just keep that perfect record going. All right, so let's jump into these questions. Like I said, we've got quite a few. Um, 16 questions, I think, from 12 different listeners and friends. So let's uh, jump into that. The first set of questions, and this is a set of questions. He's got three questions. comes from Justin. Justin's one of our followers, our friends, and he's like family to me. If you guys didn't know, I think I've talked about it before. Um, I coached baseball for years and years and years since my son was like five years old up through his freshman year of high school. I was coaching. Um, I even coached a different high school against him his sophomore year. But um, between all that, I, or even after that, I coached them in travel ball and his high school guys. So, I mean, for a lot of years I was coaching. Anyway. Um, Justin here has been on my squad since day one up through high school. And, uh, he's like family, you know, we played 40, 42 weeks a year together. Um, his family is like family to me. You know, I love Justin. He goes to the, the, 
the movies with us on the premiere nights. You know, he's still one of the few guys that still pops out every time. He was part of that 95 group, um, 95 strong when I met the other Sarlacc guys besides Marco, you know, um, in that. So he's been around a long, long time, big Star Wars fan. And uh, his uncle's name is actually John Williams, which is hilarious. And they're big Star Wars people, too. But anyway, I digress again. I get off track so much. I have no idea what I'm doing on these shows. I don't know why you guys let me have a single show. Uh, his first question comes. Uh, this is one of those things uh, dear to my heart. You guys know I'm a huge pop collector. Um, I love Funko Pops. I try to keep my collections down to a minimum. I don't do a whole lot of figures anymore, but I do the shit out of some pops. Um, matter of fact, I got my Dark Side Anakin uh, in the mail yesterday. Uh, so really excited about that one. It's probably one of my favorite ones so far. But his first question is, what's my most valuable pop? Well, I do happen to keep them all uh, tracked in the pop price guide. So that's a pretty easy one to go into. And I actually put all the ones in the house, not just mine in there. So the most valuable pop in the house is actually my son Luke's CM Punk, uh, which is $100 for his CM Punk pop, which is kind of wild to me. Um, my most valuable pop, as far as money goes, uh, not as far as my love for it goes, is my metallic Superman. It was a chase um, from a couple years ago. He's $80. Uh, that's probably my most expensive one overall. If you look at my Star Wars only, the most expensive one on there is the Shock Trooper convention exclusive. He's $70. Uh, so he's the most expensive uh, Star Wars pop. Next on the list would be, uh, just so you know, Raj Kutherpali, uh, Howard Wallowitz, Leonard. Those all, those are all Luke's. Damn it! And he's got, they're all sixty-five or fifty dollars a piece. Um, my Egon's fifty-five from Ghostbusters, and then Lando and Grievous are forty-nine and forty-seven a piece, uh, and the Star Wars side. And that would kind of round out the the most valuable pops in the house. Now the drag is that a lot of the pops on here, because I haven't looked at this in a while. Um, kind of, kind of go through it. A lot of them have lost a lot of value. Like things like Tarkin, uh, Thrawn, they had had a, a much higher value a couple months ago when I was um, cataloging all these and making sure they were all in there at the time. They've lost a tremendous amount. Bosk, you know, a lot of these guys that are hard to find or were hard to find or were exclusives to certain places, the the prices have just gone way down, probably by 30% or so at least. So that, that's kind of a drag. The ones just, you know, Superman was about 100 bucks too, so he's dropped a bit. CM Punk is jumping up. That that was kind of wild to me to see him up at 100. I think he was like 75 last I looked. So, you know, good for Luke. I'm going to go ahead and uh, sell that one real fast and get some cash and upgrade my mic setup. All right. Now, J Justin's next question is, do I like the idea of Ray being a nobody, or would it be better if she was like a Skywalker, Solo, Kenobi, uh, somebody of importance that we know? Um, I like the fact that she's a nobody. I, I don't think that Jedi need to be related someone in their in their family to to become a jedi i know qui-gon asked me you know he's definitely strong on the force who was his father doesn't really mean that it was a jedi that he was looking for just wanted to know who the father was maybe test him too or check him um but most jedi don't come from a force wielding family we know nothing about obi-wan's family we don't know anything about qui-gon's yoda's mace windu's any, anybody like that uh it's the skywalker family is kind of by itself in the fact that they're they're a family um being the jedi couldn't weren't supposed to have attachments not supposed to get married not supposed to have families kind of killed that whole idea anyway right they're supposed to come from different places and 
and be found. You know, the Emperor went out searching for the children, children of the Force. He wasn't looking for Jedi. I mean, he was looking for Jedi too, but these kids were specifically just randomly in the galaxy and, and identified as Force users. So he was able to kind of pick those out. Jedi, when they would go out and find children, it wasn't they were checking other Jedi's houses. They were going around around the galaxy, you know, searching for Force sensitives. So it's not a matter of, you know, the parents having to be Force sensitive, which I think everybody forgets. They want her automatically to be a Kenobi, a Skywalker, a Palpatine, something like that. And it's really unnecessary. So I, I was fine with her being a nobody. I think it was kind of weird how he did it. He did kind of just, hey, you're nobody. I don't know if that's the truth or not. But, you know, from the interviews, Kylo absolutely wasn't lying to her. Kylo thinks, at the very least, that he's telling her the truth. That that's what he saw. So at least we know he's not playing a game with her. That's already been confirmed. But I, I still think she's a nobody. I think it's good that way. I think it's better that way. Kind of like a broom boy at the end of The Last Jedi. He's a nobody. We're not going to find out he had Jedi parents or this is the great-great-great-great-grandson of, you know, Plo Koon all of a sudden. You know, it's it's just, it's okay to be nobodies and it's okay to have Force sensitivity throughout the galaxy. And that's what it should be, right? The Force is as the Force wills itself to be. So, no, I, I'm okay with it. I think it should stay that way. So, good question. And that's one of those things, again, that threw everybody off in Episode Eight. And I was okay with it uh, again. And and again, don't forget, if you guys listen to Sarlacc the day after The Last Jedi or the day or the, the day of The Last Jedi, we were kind of in shock too, right? A lot of the stuff we hadn't hadn't set in yet. Um, but after a while, it all made sense. And this is one of those things too. Ray being a nobody ended up making sense when you thought about it later. And his third and final question, and these are some of my favorite questions here. Um, we had a good one last week too on the what ifs, right? And this is a what if Darth Maul and Savage Press had actually killed Darth Sidious. You know, and that would be kind of fun to do a, a Elseworlds or an alternate universe with with that being the case. Darth Maul had already had his fingers and claws into uh, the underworld, right? He was, and he had Death Watch, and he was working with all the crime syndicates and all that. And, you know, Crimson Dawn was never mentioned in Clone Wars, but we know it existed. So he was already able to gather followers, already had a lot of followers, um, him giving con getting control um, of Palpatine. He couldn't exactly call himself the Emperor. I guess that would make him Dooku's master if he kept Dooku. Wow, that just threw me completely off. Because have you if you kill, you don't kill the Emperor and become the Emperor, you have to work your way in there politically. So I actually think all hell probably would have broke loose had he been able to kill the Emperor. Um, he'd have had the crime syndicates going nuts. He'd have, he'd have gathered all of them. Even the Huts would have had to listen to him at that point if he took out the the government and all that. He would have control of all the the crime syndicates. I would I would see. Um, then he would probably try to make a play for the Emperor's spot or taking over the galaxy. Then the the Jedi would come full force after him and the syndicates, and that would be that route. If he was Dooku's master, he'd have control of the Separatist army. I could see that part. Um, let's see. Mind you, Palpatine wasn't the Emperor yet, but he was still the Supreme Chancellor, so same difference in that point. I would assume like Mas Amida would have taken over the Supreme Chancellor spot until the next election. Um, is kind of how I see their political hierarchy working. So Maul probably could have Manipulated Amita probably good, pretty good. Amita is pretty much a pussy, so that would have worked out. He could have had some control of everything, but he wouldn't have known the overall plan. 
he wouldn't have been able to do what what uh what Sidious did. So it would be chaos. There would be a war with Maul and his syndicate syndicates. Um, I think the Jedi would have eventually um, overtaken him. Obi Wan would have been the the hero of the day. He'd have taken out um, both of them at some point. Him and Anakin would have taken out Savage and Maul, and they would have ended that. And we never would have had you know the original trilogy, obviously, because the Emperor was the the key to all of that. Um, Anakin never would have turned to Vader. Shit, they would have. It would have been peace and uh, prosperity had Maul won. Shit, Maul was the key to stopping all the wars. What the fuck? See, damn it. He could have been such a, a great piece there. We could have revamped and rebooted the whole fucking thing. All right, so thank you for that, Justin. Uh, great questions. Uh, hopefully I get to see you soon, you know, talk to you soon. Hopefully uh, you and Luke are still talking a bit. And then at the very least, we'll see you uh, come to Star Wars movie, man. All right, next question from TJ Davis. Uh, am I keeping up? Do I read the comics? the Star Wars comics, and what about the new Vader series? I do love the comics. I do read the comics. I definitely get them when they're in a trade paperback in the graphic novel form. I did lose um, my place through the last Vader series, not the newest one, just because financially and, and time-wise, I, I didn't have a lot of either, um, you know, mid-2018. So I did... I did uh, lose my way just a little bit but i have been keeping up and paying attention to the posts and what have you and if you're talking about the the latest piece with vader's flashbacks of possible other futures man that was fucking awesome uh we talked about a little bit on sarlacc and the big thing on there uh that i would talk about that i would bring up and maybe this is what you're wondering is the fact that we saw sidious behind shmi basically creating life inside of her, right? Talking about who is the father and it's Sidious there uh, using the force to create life. And I think that's fucking awesome, mainly because that's the way it was scripted originally. In episode three, when they were in the opera house and he tells him the story, when uh, Palpatine tells Anakin the story of Darth Plagueis the Wise, at that, in that same scene, he was supposed to have one, that, that moment where he says, Anakin, I am your father, right? Or no, I am your father. Um, that was supposed to happen from Palpatine, and it was going to be explained that way, that the the Plagueis book kind of alluded to it, and this would have confirmed it, that they had created him in the dark side, fucking with midichlorians, and, and created Anakin. So I think that's almost what we're seeing here, is they're making that piece canon, and making it actually true, that's what Palpatine did, and he created it, and this is all his doing, and he had been fooling with midichlorians trying to create life, right? And that's what, what happened here. So I, I think if that's what you're alluding to and asking about, fucking awesome, right? And I know the Vader comics, even when I was reading them, just phenomenal. Again, these are the things I want to see, because everybody wants like a Vader movie, right? I don't want a Vader movie. I love the novels, the comics, and God, I wish they would do a straight-to-DVD Blu-ray um, animated like the like the DC films do, just Vader, just wreck and shop. I would love it, but to the point on the comics, I do need to catch up. And you know, again, I got most of them pre-ordered on Amazon right now when they come out on trade paperback. So I'll, I'll be caught up at that point. And I hate to be behind on anything canon, but just the uh, 
consequences, consequences, circumstances as they were, just kind of threw me off a little bit. But I'll get back on it this year. Everything is uh, on the up. So thank you, TJ, for that. Now, next one comes from, oh, look, it's Fanboy Mike. Fanboy Mike, his question is, what do I think would be the showstopper, the big deal in Episode 9? What could possibly happen to make me sit back and think, holy fuck, I can't believe that just happened. And it's kind of one of those, five of those things that I talk about on Sarlacc and on here all the time, you know, during the theory crafting. What would blow my fucking mind, right? Well, hearing all the news kind of about how they're using Carrie Fisher and footage we haven't seen and how it's, it's almost seamless and all this stuff, I think Carrie Fisher holding a fucking lightsaber would be a showstopper for a minute, only because at this point, had happened before, cool. It was just one of those things. It wouldn't have been a showstopper. It'd just be like, fucking rad, she's got a lightsaber. But after her death and not knowing what's going to happen, if we see her fucking ignite a lightsaber during this, I think that would be a, a showstopper, right? Um, the other things, obviously, what I love to theorize about is Thrawn. If all of a sudden they don't advertise and they don't show anything, we know nothing, and all of a sudden you're on the, you know, the the bridge of a dreadnought, and all of a sudden somebody s- says something to the Chimera, and all, then you turn around and there's Thrawn, right? Just standing there or turning around, and you see his eyes glowing. Holy fuck, dude! I, I'm telling you, I will stand up in my seat, cuss, and throw popcorn at Ernie. I will do it in a heartbeat. And then I'll probably spill my soda on Marco. It'll be a mess, but it'll be way worth it. But I think those are the the main showstoppers. Anything else? It, it's it gets just back into that that extra theory crafting that we always come up with when we're talking on the show, or, or I'm just ranting here. Um, but those are the big things: Leia igniting a saber, Thrawn showing up. Uh, short of that, I've been talking since way early on about I want to suck see a fucking Force Ghost Council. I want that. I want all the Jedi Force Ghosts together in one scene talking about something or working something out. That's what I fucking want. Um, But, you know, I'll lose my mind on that, too. But that's probably not going to happen. All right. Now we're going to come to the Chris Porteous. Chris Porteous has two uh, comments slash questions for me. I'm going to actually read these verbatim so we can tell these are going to go deep. So from the Chris Porteous. A race of giant, advanced, force-resistant space orcs they use on Vong would have been a far more interesting foe for the New Republic slash Luke's New Academy of Jedi instead of Stormtroopers version 3 because it would have actually represented elevated risk for the galaxy. They would have been a step up from the threat that Palpatine and the Empire represented rather than a cheap imitation. That would have made more for a compelling narrative if you looked at 1 through 9 as a single story, in my opinion. Changed my mind. So, <clears throat> dig this. I don't disagree that the Yuuzhan Vong would have been a great story. I don't disagree with that. But in order to make 1 through 9 connect and be one flow, I think having uh, a Skywalker blood in an Imperial-type position to take over the universe, take over the galaxy, is what it needed to make it flow. Had we done the Yuuzhan Vong which, again, I don't necessarily disagree with having them involved or having them as a threat. Um, that might actually be part of the big threat in the unknown regions. We they, 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 they can come back. I still think they could be canon at any minute. But having them in this new set of trilogy as the main antagonist, I think would have made it feel like a completely separate trilogy, right? Because if you read those books and you go into the, was that the, the New Jedi Order uh, books, 
it's it's separate. It it feels separate. It's not connected to those those first six as much. I think this is what does to or this is what needed to happen to make it connect. And us going from clone troopers to stormtroopers to first order stormtroopers, that type of thing is what needed to happen. There's still one person, and he they weren't controlling the galaxy. They were still that piece, that remnant of the empire turned into the first order. Uh, which just shows that it never, ever ended, right? They never really won the original war. It just doesn't stop. And that was the point of the Canto Bite piece. Um, many of the books, you know, when you read Bloodlines, you can tell it just it's just never ending. It's, it's always going. If you had the Yuuzhan Vong, they wouldn't have been involved in that piece. It wouldn't have been the political piece. It wouldn't have had anything to do with Republic and... and fighting for freedom and all that. It would have been just a, a, a war. It would have felt, I don't want to say Star Trek-y, because it, it wouldn't be, but it's kind of along those lines where you're fighting this alien race instead of civil war. And this is still a, a period, it's, it's going to be like a 50-year period or, or more of galactic civil war. And I, I think that's why they went with the, the First Order instead of something like a, another alien race coming in. As fun as it would have been, and it still would be good on a standalone show, back in the books, uh, in a comic. On again, that I'm gonna keep pushing fucking Disney. Somebody do these direct to DVD movies because I think that's that's the that golden ticket right there. Maybe they'll do it on the streaming service. I could only hope. But again, I don't disagree with you on the. Would it be more fun to watch? Absolutely. But I think it's tying one through nine in having the Skywalker family and where we're at right now with Kylo basically being the first Skywalker to rule the galaxy. I think that's where we needed to be to wrap this up. Now, let me roll my sleeves up for this one because I'm and crack my neck. All right. All right. Also, I this is from Chris Porteous again. Also. I object to your entire episode characterizing Luke as a mass murderer for destroying the Death Star. I know I'm a little late here, laughing face. But since you're doing a feedback show and you often direct people to that episode, which I do because I love that fucking episode, um, Alderaan was just obliterated and that thing had to be stopped. For the same reason, I will be utterly appalled if Kylo is redeemed as he sat idly by, by... Oh my God, why can't I read today? Uh, sat idly by while seven planets were destroyed... After that, Ray has the audacity to ask him why he killed Han. Shake my head. How about those seven worlds? I see no satisfactory conclusion with any level of sophisticated morality. I hope I'm wrong. All right. Let's touch on the objection to characterizing Luke as a mass murderer for destroying the Death Star. Now, I don't mean to characterize him necessarily as an evil mass murderer, though he did murder in mass. Okay? Not saying that he's evil or twisted. Um, technically, he is a terrorist. He was going against the the established government at this point as a in a from a rebel cell, you know, and going and destroying one of their weapons of mass destruction and and all this stuff. I technically is a terrorist. What I'm saying about the murdering piece, what the key is, is he's got to feel that, right? Especially being attuned to the force. He just killed what did I say some quarter million people. Okay, in one blast, single-handedly, he pulled the trigger to do that. Okay, there were other people around. Yes, the Death Star was evil, but not everybody on, not all quarter million people on on the Death Star were evil. Um, and we've known that through the books. We've always kn kind of known that that they're just regular people on the Death Star, and all the soldiers are kind of just doing their job. They're not all Imperial evil people. You know, you're, it's pretty hard to find a quarter million evil people in one area. 
but it has to weigh on his conscience as a 19-year-old kid, as a fledgling Jedi uh, that's attuned to the Force and can feel those emotions and feel that terror and feel that death around him. He's got to feel that in the Force. Um, when he sits back and thinks about it, he's got to think, fuck, I just killed a quarter million people. You know, forget the regular TIE fighters that come after killing him and he's, he's defending himself. I, I get it. You're, you're in a dogfight. That, that's still going to weigh on you a little bit. You're like, man, I killed six people today. That's, 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 you got to sit back and think while you're, you know, eating your dinner. God, that's fucked up. We're trying to lay down at night. That's, I just killed a shit ton of people. But after the Death Star, yeah, oh man, that's got to, the dude has been in a war for all of six minutes, right? I mean, it's, he just came from a farm. He just watched his aunt and uncle die. He just watched his mentor die. He just saved a princess and met a smuggler who had just left, by the way. Remember, he had just left, came back, all these emotions going through that piece um, in a love triangle at this point, you know. Man, it's not that he's a mass murderer like a lunatic. He's not Charles Manson. He's not, you know, he's not Jeffrey Dahmer. He's not anything like this. He's not some kind of mastermind evil being. But he is a mass murderer. He's, he's got a higher kill count than anybody pretty much in any movie unless you count Tarkin saying to fire when ready. Um, it's actually the gunner that blasted it, you know, and destroyed that. And that came up in another book in the certain point of view. There's a point where Dr. Afra is talking to a stormtrooper and saying, wow, can you imagine being the guy that pulled the trigger on the Death Star? You know, how would you feel you just obliterated a fucking planet? She didn't say fucking. That's my ad lib in there. It should have. It would have been cooler. Um, can you imagine that? But I guess the thing is, she was talking about, like, a firing squad. You know, there's a whole bunch of blanks and one real bullet, and nobody knows who really killed the person, right, who shot the the, the kill shot. Same thing on the Death Star. You got, like, do you have five or ten or twenty gunners, and they're all hitting the button so nobody knows, so they can go to sleep at night not knowing that they killed, you know, trillions of people, billions of people, millions of people, or 20 people, you know, they don't have to go to bed with that because that would weigh on your conscience. And that's, they were talking about the Imperials here, talking like that. So now take farm boy, 19-year-old Luke, right? Innocent as can be, going up there and killing a quarter million people, that's going to weigh heavily on him and his psyche and everything else. So no, I, again, I don't want to characterize him as a mass murderer, but he, he, he is, he killed quite a few people and it's got away on him pretty hard regardless of it if the death star needed to be stopped or not that has to weigh on him and it's got to kill him now as far as kylo being redeemed after the seven planets and he sat idly by well he sat idly by but he was in the other ship he couldn't exactly have stopped it at that point but no i agree with you about redeeming i don't want him redeemed i don't think for one second kylo ren should be redeemed after killing his father whether or not he wanted to kill Leia and didn't, um, nothing. I don't want to see that. I think the the end of the Last Jedi was showing us that he is going to be irredeemable, that he was ready to kill Leia at that point. He was gonna kill Luke. He wanted everybody dead. He was gonna kill Rey. Nothing else mattered. He was throwing you know hucks around the fucking ship. He was done. He's full on dark side. Killed everybody. Will destroy anything. He is going to rule with an iron fist. He is fucked up. I, I think he's a mess, and I don't want him redeemed because I think after everything he's done now, redeeming him is just, I don't know. I know we redeemed Vader, and that was a big deal, but if you redeem 
Kylo Ren at the end. Now, now we're back into, oh, you're just doing what happened in Return of the Jedi and you're rehashing Jedi. And I don't want them to get into that. I don't want to have that argument in 2020 um, for a fucking full-on year. I just hope he dies at the end um, in the same vein that Maul did, right, with Obi-Wan. He doesn't have to like be... I don't think Maul was redeemed necessarily. you just seen where Maul's nature was and what his you know, what what he was going for. I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing that with Kylo, some, somewhere on that line. I, don't, I never want him to be Ben again. You know, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want him apologizing. I don't want him sitting here tearing up and doing something like that, unless they do it really fucking good. It would have to blow my mind for me to be okay with it, but I really don't want it. I, I think it, it shouldn't happen for his character. I think he should die evil. Um, again, he's the first Skywalker to... Take over the galaxy. Let's let him be the first one to die evil and not be a good a good guy, save somebody, anything like that. I need him just to die a horrible death, and that'd be awesome. Oh, and as far as uh, them not mentioning the attack of Star Killer Base and the the planets that were destroyed and all that the next day, man, they're scrambling. They they got no time to talk about anything like that. They need the plans for now. What's going to happen? They're not. They're trying to regroup. There's no time for discussion about, holy fuck, they just blew up these planets. Um, there, there really isn't time for it. I mean, I'm sure there was plenty happening off screen. But think about it. There wasn't a whole lot of talk about Alderaan um, after it was blown up. Leia was pretty much just Leia right after. You know, um, it's one of those things like, oh, you, I've seen the, the pictures and the, the memes and whatnot. Oh, poor Luke, you just lost your mentor. And she's comforting him after she just lost her whole fucking planet. Right. Including her parents and, and what have you. Um, but she's comforting him after losing this hermit that he knew for a couple hours. So it's one of those things where blowing up planets, as serious as it is, uh, doesn't really get mentioned much after it happens. Uh, must be a little more common than we think. But it's not like it's talked about a lot. The only time I can really think about somebody destroying something and then talking about it is in Rogue One. Right. Where when they attack later on. In the uh, on Scarif, you can hear a soldier yelling, you know, for Jedha, you know, that kind of thing. It's really the only time that happens. You never hear anybody in the in the rebellion say for Alderaan, you know, for Hosnian Prime. None of that really fucking happens. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. That doesn't I, I actually never thought about it until you until I just read that right now. So, yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about that piece. Whew, I thought I was going to go a lot longer with those two questions. My God, I figured I was going to be here like an hour and a half talking to those, but that came out pretty quick. And I hope that as, uh, those answers were satisfactory to you. And uh, it's fine to object to my episode four of Hoth Topic talking about Luke, which I still pimp that episode and I always will. Um, still my favorite episode. Still not going to change my mind on, on how he should feel and why his arc is perfect. But I do love the discussion. That's fucking rad. All right. Now, the next question comes from WSTR Media, another Star Wars podcast, uh, giving us a question here, giving me a question here, uh, asking, what am I looking for in Episode 9? Besides the theories and the stuff I want to see, um, what I'm really just looking for, and I think this is what you're asking me, right, I, I hope, is just closure to the saga. Just a, a clean cut closure where you know it's over like say seeing Ray and Kylo die dueling knowing that that's kind of the end of that piece right 
Um, and then it goes off and, and it starts a whole new adventure with whoever. Just kind of ending the the nine-part saga and the the cartoons in between, the comics in between, all that. It just laying an end to it, giving it a nice bookend to episode one. I would love that. Um, what else I'd like to see is it tying... They, they say it's going to tie in everything, right? It's supposed to tie in the prequels, it's supposed to tie in the originals, and tie in these. All together, and I think with the, the animation too. So what I really want to see, and this is where it gets to the theory part, either the droid army, um, them finding a battalion or squadron, whatever we have, as many droids as we can find. They find an old factory. They've been creating droids by themselves, droids making droids uh, for all these years and just doing it out of habit or out of programming. I would love that, and I would love to see them help the rebellion go against the... Uh, First Order, which is what they were built to do, right? There was a point where they mentioned that in Rebels, and we talked about that in uh, the last episode of Sarlacc, where the droids wanted to fight the clones again in Rebels for one last battle, and, and they realized that, oh, the Empire is actually the enemy. They're the ones that are tyrants. They're the ones that are oppressing people. And I think that's what I want to see here is that same kind of thing where the droids are like, okay, well, the First Order is evil. We need to take the First Order out, and we'll fight with the Rebellion. I would love to see that. Give me some battle droids in episode nine. I want it. Also, what I want to see, uh, I want him to be on Mustafar. I want Kylo to be in Vader's castle. I want it. Uh, and I want the Force Ghost Council again. I'm going to keep mentioning that just about every question. I want the Force Ghost fucking council. But overall, again, a nice, clean ending to this entire saga, tying it all together. I want a good movie where people don't bitch and complain for a fucking year. We can discuss it, disagree about stuff, like certain things and not like certain things. I want that. I want good, solid Star Wars talk. Um, it'll make me happy. It'll make the fellas happy. It should make all of us happy to be able to have that. We don't all need to be, you know, fucking rainbows and sunshine all the time about everything. We don't need to agree on everything. Not everything needs to be perfect. But damn, you know, I just want something we can just talk about, enjoy, and just be like, wow, that was a really fucking good ending to 40-some-odd years of watching Star Wars. What a great end to the Skywalker saga. That's what I need. And a fitting ending to Leia, too. She's obviously going to die. Well, no, again, she doesn't need to die. I do think they can keep her living in comics, books, cartoons, everything else. Uh, but I'd like to see one last piece of Carrie Fisher as Leia doing something awesome, like I mentioned in the last question, igniting a lightsaber, doing whatever. Um, I, I want to see that. I'd actually prefer her to live throughout it and not kill her off so she can live in, in canon forever. Um, I think that would be a, a fitting piece there. So quite a few things I want to see in 9. Um, and I'll, again, I'll be theorycrafting here and on the show for the next you know, 11 and a half months, driving myself nuts and driving everybody else nuts and being really pissed off when it actually comes out and it's nothing I theorized. I also, just on a side note, wouldn't mind them throwing Rose in there. I, I know she'll be in it, but throwing Rose and having her do something just badass to save somebody, do something, something awesome. Not like slamming her speeder into Finn type of thing, right? Something awesome just to shut everybody the fuck up about her. Um, hell, if they find a Gungan, uh, if they go to Naboo and Rose goes to Naboo and meets a Gungan, I think that would be fucking hilarious, number one. But they do something awesome together, it would be cool too. Just a kind of a, a nod and a slap to people that have been bitching about everything. I think that would be kind of cool. All right, next question. <clears throat> From Rich El Sinestro. Can droids 
bewilders of the Force. Um, he mentions in his comments that Obi-Wan talks about all living things, or uh, Yoda talks about all living things, um, but now that we're to the point where droids are becoming sentient, self-thinking, um, like L3, K2, R2, you know, um, are, do you I see that droids could become Force-sensitive? Now, my first inkling would be no, right? Because it should be a living thing. A rock doesn't necessarily have the Force. Um, it's just a piece within the Force. The Force is between the living things and between the, the inanimate objects. There's a, a, a Force in the the atmosphere or the air or the space or what, what have you um, that could be manipulated by a, a Force wielder. I don't think that. But there's precedent for the talk. Um, back in old legend stuff, there was kind of a, a what if um, scenario about R5-D4 being force sensitive. Uh, and that's why he self-destructed, you know, that, that kind of thing. Uh, they called him Skippy, the droid, but he was force sensitive. And that was kind of the point. God, I think there was a point where there was a bounty hunter. I don't think it was Forlom, but there was talk in one of the books about a droid being force sensitive and I want to say it was a bounty hunter. Shit. But either way, it's not like it's unprecedented to talk about in the legends continuity. There is nothing in canon about it. Do I think it's possible if it is? I would like to think R2 has a little bit of it and can at least sense the force if not control it. Um but it really I I think it would be kind of left 99.9999% of the time to a human or alien or a, li a living being. Uh, even the creatures, right? There's Force-sensitive creatures. We've seen the 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 hound or the, what they, the wolves on Lothal, the Loth wolves, that kind of thing. They're, they're Force-sensitive, uh, but they're living beings. With the sentience, it's a, it's, a, it's a good question. I just don't think so. I think their mechanics are too out of it. I mean, even Vader with his... Um, mechanical parts is kind of why he can't conjure force lightning right because you can't get you can't use those those pieces within the force so i think that would kind of negate the the droid piece now if you had some kind of cyborg that'd be different like vader's a cyborg right grievous a cyborg but grievous wasn't force sensitive but uh, there was something else in in old legends where they had like soldier brains or uh force sensitive brains but mechanical bodies uh, that kind of thing would work, though they couldn't do all of the stuff that a Jedi do, could do or a Force user, but they could do the mental stuff for sure. Um, that would work, but it couldn't be 100% droid. Whew, I'm getting wore out right now. All right. Next question we have from all Star Wars fans. This time he sent me a comment, not a video that wasn't a comment or question, uh, but all Star Wars fans from across in the U.K., uh, have I seen the new fan-made uh, Vader film? Yes, the part one of Shards of the Past, I have seen it. Asking what I think about it and, and what have you. So here's my thing about that. It was awesome for a fan-made film. I, I think it was a ton of love, effort, skill, talent um, between the costumes, the, the homemade CGI, the sets... Um, man, when you, if you see Vader tore up in his back to tank, that's fucking rad. Great job with that. Um, you know, there's nothing I would bitch about at it. 
What I kind of bitch about is everybody's overreaction to it, right? Oh, Disney should check check this guy out, and this this is the way you do a Star Wars film, and all that. I think that's over fucking reacting. That's that's the, that's the people that hate the Last Jedi and just want to get all up on this jock. And all we want is a bunch of lasers and fighting, and and it's it's that's it. Um, there wasn't anything overly original, I would say, like. Everybody's like, oh, that's how you use the force. I've seen the memes. Because when Kylo Ren stopped that laser bolt, we were all about shit our pants. We'd never seen anything like that, right? So these guys go and take Vader and make him stop 40 of them. And they're like, oh, see, that's how real Sith use their power. Look how powerful Vader is. That's not canon, jackasses. We had never seen that before. Vader had never done that. He stopped the bolt with his hand, but he never stopped anything, you know, midair. That's something they took from the Force Awakens. That's something that Kylo had that was neat. And I think it was kind of bullshit that they did it. Um... In, in that way, stopping one would have been kind of cool to show the the family thing, right? That they could both do it, but stopping forty of them just to show that he's the biggest badass. We already know he is. I, I don't like that part, and I think everybody jumping all over his jock is is overboard. Um, great amount of talent, great amount of passion. I, I did like it. I did enjoy it. I don't want to bash on anybody whatsoever because um, I think it was great. I just think the reactions to it are out of control. Is it fun? Yep. It's kind of like theory crafting with us, right? Except they have way more talent than we do. So I, I think that was neat. I think the flashbacks, the stuff like that, uh, that, that was all kind of cool. Um, him and the Emperor, that was neat. You know, again, the, the sets were, were cool. Um, my favorite part really was the the back-to-tank scene is how, how great they recreated that, that kind of piece. You know, because that's one of the cool things in Rogue One, too. One of my favorite parts of Rogue One is when we see... Vader out of his suit hanging in a back to tank. I think that's rad. Yeah, I saw it. I liked it. I don't think Disney or Lucasfilm needs to pay attention to it and take any cues from it whatsoever. And I think the the people um, are overreacting to it quite a bit. Though it is fun and it deserves all the attention. Just don't take it for canon. But And I know you're not, but you know some of the people out there are just out of their minds. All right, now to our friend Mervine48. Uh, again, recommend he's looking for recommendations from me on old EU or Legends uh, books. And for sure, uh, there's tons of great books, and I go through them all pretty regularly um, just to keep up to see if anything pops up um, in the new canon that was a throwback to that kind of stuff. I, I love to see that, and I love to reread or read right now I do a lot of audio listening because uh, I commute an hour and a half each way every day. So I got three hours in the car to kill so I can get through a book plus a week, you know? So it's, it's nice for me to have that time to, to listen to the books, go through it. And anything, something small pops up. Oh shit. That's in can. They use that. You know, that's something they brought back or that's something they should bring back. So a lot of that stuff I like to do now with all that said, the Bane trilogy is top notch. Fantastic. There isn't a moment in that trilogy where I'm like, fuck, this is stupid. It's like, I mean, maybe a name or two. I'm like, Darth and Dedu. That, that's kind of goofy. But, or a thought bomb. Goofy words, um, but awesome story. Uh, start to finish, the entire trilogy is phenomenal. So definitely get the Darth Bane trilogy. Um, get an audiobook, dude. It's, it's, I mean, you read, the read is easy, too. But the audiobook is just rad. You, you just can envision everything, and they do such such great jobs with the voices. Um, I love it. The other one, obviously, if you haven't, is the Thrawn trilogy, the Heir to the Empire trilogy. Ugh, 
I'm uh, I'm listening to that one right now again. I'm on I'm at the end of Dark Force Rising, about to start Last Command up, and I I have loved that one since I was in high school. I think it is just one of those things that's special to me because it restarted uh, the Star Wars madness. It got you know the EU really. Really, I know there were smaller books, the Han Solo Adventure Chron- Chronicles or Adventures, the Lando Chronicles, um, Splinter of the Minds. I get those existed, but there wasn't really a big EU until the Thrawn trilogy, until Timothy Zahn brought Heir to the Empire out. And so for nothing else than just knowing how this all started, that's a great piece. Also, it's great because it's really well written. Um, it's a fun story. You, you get introduced to badass characters like Thrawn, Mara Jade, um, Talon Card, you know, um, it, it's 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 great. So I think that would be the other one. Those two trilogies for sure, a hundred percent. You need to check out Shadows of the Empire. Don't do the audiobook on that; it's horrendous. But Shadows of the Empire is fun, and that's one of those things too that I just loved. Um, and there, this is a not everybody loves this one. I do. It's between Empire and Jedi. Um, Back in again in high school, it came out, and I might have been out of high school at this point, but it came out on Nintendo 64, you know, as a game. They had a soundtrack to it. They had action figures for it, and the fucking novel, and it is so good about filling in the blanks there. It, it it's one of those things that I dig, and it's super easy read. The audiobook sucks ass, so don't touch it. Um, but those are really my top top picks. Uh, if you're looking for something, you didn't mention Revan. Revan stuff, man, really is video game. I, I would just check online to look at that kind of stuff. It's really the cutscenes in the video games where you're going to get most of that information. There is uh, a book called Revan. Uh, it's it's okay, but it's it's way past the big stuff, right? Um, so it, it's past the video games. It's it's okay. It's not great. It's while he's good. So I. I I'd really recommend uh, getting into just checking out YouTube and going through the cutscenes. That should give you most of your information and, and stuff on Revan. But there's not a lot uh, as far as novels go to read about there. But you check out that Bane trilogy, you check out that Heir to the Empire trilogy, and check out Shadows of the Empire, and then come back and tell me what you think of all three of them, all three sets. It's, it's going to be seven books, but man, are they worth your time? They're they're awesome. Oh, and I would be remiss. I, I would I would be pissed at myself if I didn't mention uh, Darth Plagueis. Definitely check out Darth Plagueis. Darth Plagueis takes place prior to Episode One and a little bit during uh, that time frame. Uh, you get an idea of Palpatine, uh, Plagueis, Plagueis's master. I mean, you, you get a whole lot in there. How they use Darth Maul, how this whole plan came to be, and it, you need to check that one out too. And it would make sense on what I talked about earlier in the comic about Sidious and, and Shmi and creating Anakin. That would be your other one. So make it eight books. Get Plagueis. That is, it's not an easy read. It's a great read. It's it's a longer book. Um, again, uh, read it, did the audiobook. Audiobook helped me out for that one. Um, just because time-wise, I just didn't have time to sit down and, and read that one recently. I read it when I was younger, but... Who has a time now? So there you have it for Chris's uh, recommendations on the EU. Let's see. What do we got here? Gordon. Gordon, our local friend up here. Uh, we've got three questions for me. 
And I love that. I love when there's multiples too. I, guys, I, we're at like 12 questions deep right now, and I just I love it. Anytime we can go 12 deep. Uh, let's see. First question. Force ghosts, which we know I love. Uh, do they communicate with each other? Do you think they're sitting around basically saying, it looks about to screw things up again, Yoda. Can you go take care of it? Again, do we think they're communicating with each other, or do you think they just appear out of the blue? Um, I like to think they communicate with each other. I, I really do. I, I think there's a point at the you know, I know there's a point at the end of Return. But we see them all show up at the end of Return of the Jedi in the same spot. I would like to imagine that they were somewhere together and say, let's go, you know, see Luke. Um, Obi-Wan and Yoda were sitting there watching what was going on but not interfering because they couldn't interfere anymore. Um, it's just part of the Force. You have to let the Force, you know, guide itself and let everybody make their decisions to see how it plays out. Um, I think that was one of those things that point to the fact that they talk to each other. Uh, we know they come and watch, and they their time is different, right? So I, I imagine, yes, I, short answer is yes. I think they talk to each other. I think they say, okay, yes, yeah, somebody's about to screw up. Maybe they need a talking to. They can't interfere, but they can guide maybe and, and do that. Um, but being that their time is different and, you know, decades happen in seconds, they see backwards and forwards, they, they see all sorts of things. It's not like they're just sitting around a table. It, they, their consciousness are probably speaking through the force a different type of communication than we're used to. They're not just sitting there, you know, uh, in blue haze speaking to each other. That's only when they're with us. So I think it's part of the force. Yeah, they're communicating for sure. Um, and yes, I do want that force ghost council. Um, next question. Do I still think there's a, a sect of Mandalorians in the last Jedi area? Can they still exist? Answer is yeah, I I do. I I hope that there are still Mandalorians, and I I hope at some point, you know, we can get stories about it. Um, things going on. We know that Sabine still lives. They haven't destroyed Mandalore as far as the rebel rebels went. It was still going to go on during the rebellion. We didn't see them destroyed during the rebellion during the civil war. Um, we're getting to show the Mandalorian. I really really hope there is still Mandalore that it comes up. Um, may, oh shit! Maybe that comes up in nine. That would be a showstopper for sure. If all of a sudden we get a gang of Mandalorians uh, to show up, you know, Death Watch or you know the the clans come together and come and help to destroy the First Order, I'd jump all over that. That would be great. That'd be fan service times ten. So yes, I do think it's they exist. I do think um, it's possible to see them. And actually, now that we talk about it out loud, I really fucking hope we see him. That that'd be a, a miss if we didn't. Shit. Um. Then the third one, they mentioned that most of Luke's students were killed by Kylo Ren, um, but didn't say all. Now you're a Shumpson, and you said we might have mentioned it before, but you might not have heard it. Is it they could they be the Knights of Ren? And yes, uh, we did discuss that, and yeah, that was kind of our thought going in. Is that they those were the Knights of Ren. But after episode eight, I really doubt it. Um, they had their weapons. They fought well, but they didn't use the force. They didn't use lightsabers. They didn't sense the problem coming. Either did Snoke, mind you. But I just don't see those guys as the Knights of Ren. The Knights of Ren, I think, are still out there. Now, why I stopped earlier was when they said most of the students, right? I don't necessarily anymore think that those have to be the Knights of Ren. I think he could have got those people like kind of like Inquisitors. You know, uh, you find 
dark Jedi or or people practicing the dark side and has made them your Knights of Ren. Maybe they were Snokes and he put them in charge and he'd already had them. Um, all of a sudden, I'm thinking now the people that survived were hiding. And now that they hear Luke um, took on Kylo Ren to save the Rebellion on uh, Crate, and this story grows and grows and grows, maybe they come out of hiding to find Rey and Rey finds them. And these folks become the new Jedi Order. And they're the ones that go to take out Kylo. And I think that's more, less, more, it's less predictable, maybe more probable now, than those people becoming the Knights of Ren and being evil. I think Luke would have probably sensed if all of his students or some of his students or six of his students would have had that in them to just immediately go and join Kylo and go to the dark side and become the Knights of Ren. I think these people went into hiding, you know, Jedi style, because that's what Jedi do. Um, maybe Luke helped set that up to put them around the galaxy, and now that Ray is out in the open, they'll come to her, gravitate towards her. The Force will call them to her, and that's her new order, and that's how the uh, the new Jedi thing will play out. I hope. I think that's the way I'd, I'd like to see it now. Uh, but we have talked since last year, or before last year. Actually, that was the theory going into eight is that that's who they were, and yeah, I think we were way off base there. And then, no, that was it. That was all three. So thank you, Gordon. Good to hear from you. Um, hope everything is well, and thanks for the questions. Now, the last one. I don't know how we always fucking end with Scott, but Scott from the Starlight Digest and Nerds with Attitudes went ahead and sent me a voice clip because just like me, Scott likes to hear himself, and I dig that. I actually don't like to hear myself. I just like to talk a lot. But you'll never catch me listening to this show. I don't even edit the fucking thing. I won't even listen to myself twice. I hear myself while I'm recording it, and that's all I've got to fucking hear. And I'll tell you right now, this episode, I ummed and hummed and blot a lot. So forgive me for that. But again, I'm not going to go back and edit because that's too much work, and that's not what I do here. I just rant. I just go... And fuck it, if you get ums and huhs and uhs, you get them. But here we are, Scott Solo from the Sarlacc Digest Nerds with Attitude Group coming at me again with a voice clip. Hey Chris, it's Scott. I was uh, rolling down the road here with my buddy today talking about favorite Christmas memories and it made me want to ask you the question for your next episode of Hoth Topic. Tis the season. It's Christmas time. I was wondering what your favorite Christmas memories were. Star Wars Christmas memories, of course, because who cares about other Christmas memories? I uh, just wanted to know what your favorite Christmas memory was as a kid and your favorite Christmas memory as an adult. But only if it's Star Wars related. Otherwise, who cares, right? Anyway, man, keep it nerdy. I'll talk to you later, bud. Bye. Well then, I shall keep it nerdy because that's all I know to do. So my favorite Star Wars memory as a kid, and I'll be honest with you, I can't think of a, a year really at all went by that I didn't get something Star Wars for Christmas. It could have been small. It could have been a pair of underoos or you know, pajama pants or a t-shirt or a figure, anything or some kind of little collectible pretty much all my life or a book or a comic, whatever the hell, a poster. But my earliest memories, because I have pictures of these things, right? Um, I remember specifically uh, about 80, 
well, specifically, and I'm not going to get the year right, right? But anyway, I come out my hallway. We're living down in Costa Mesa. And I come out of my hallway, and there is a set of uh, vehicles. And I ran right for that fucking cloud car. I don't know what it was with me with that cloud car, but I loved it. I loved the, the pilots. I loved everything. It's, and I don't really talk about that either. Um, but I just dug it. And I came out, and I played with that thing. And um, I had a Pekingese named Ernie after the Sesame Street character, obviously. Um, and he took a nap next to it. And I remember we had those Polaroid cameras and my dumb young ass goes out there and tries to take pictures and I still have them somewhere. And, you know, film was expensive back then. So I did hear about it later. Um, but took pictures with Ernie with my pod car. And that was just one of those things that really, really sticks in my head for some reason and how much I love that. I don't know why. Um, but dug it a lot. Um, also, I think I've talked about this memory on the show or our Sarlacc before and kind of bitched about it and whined about it, but I'll bring it up again, is 1983. And that Christmas, we were living in Orange, and this is before I moved to the desert. This is the year I moved to the desert, <clears throat> or the next year, I guess. Um, and I go out early, because that's what I do, and I have a zero... She was she is one year old I have a one year old sister and I come out by myself and I see all this Star Wars stuff right and right in the middle is this fucking stuffed Ewok I got a wicket stuffed wicket and I'm so excited about this stuffed wicket okay I'm six years old so bear with me I'd still be excited about a stuffed wicket by the way if you want to send me a stuffed wicket I'm totally down but I see it, I love it, I check all my toys out, I grab this wicket, I go and take a nap on the couch while everybody else is still sleeping. I'm holding this fucking wicket like it's my new girlfriend. Okay? Parents get up, um, come out with my one-year-old sister, and lo and behold, guess what? The Ewok is not mine. It's for my sister who can't do shit. Doesn't know shit, doesn't want to know shit. It's for her. And they rip the Ewok from my loving arms. Okay? Now, my sister knows this story. She knew this story for years and years. I want to say we were probably, let's see, my son's 17. I was probably about 25 when she comes out to visit me in California. And uh, she uh, <laughs> brings the fucking Ewok with her. No... Hood, by the way, because that was long gone. But she brings Wicket for me because she knew it bugged me and uh, gave me my Wicket. So that's one of those days that I, I love. And it, even though it was a crappy memory as a kid, it was an awesome memory later. And I still have that Wicket, and I'll never get rid of that Wicket. So kind of a cool story there. And as far as, well, cool to me anyway. And as far as Star Wars as an adult, well, this year was pretty good. The last couple of years, uh, since it's been readily available and she buys it in bulk, my wife always wraps my presents in Star Wars stuff. Right, like everybody else gets gold and silver and what have you, so we know whose they are. Mine's Star Wars stuff. Um, my birthdays are Star Wars team. I'm like a little kid. And I'm this big old goofy, you know, mean-looking uh, 41-year-old, and yet I go to our state local steakhouse, and we have fucking Mylar balloons and you know, Star Wars cake and placemats and all this shit. But, hey, fuck it. It's me. I love it. Um, but this year was pretty good, you know. I I, uh, I posted online, 
you know, I got my set of Rebels. I got six pops that I was missing out of the collection. You know, I don't buy, I buy all the main figures, and then, you know, the prices go down. I can get the, the side folks and the, the ones that I know will go down. So I got a bunch of those to fill in the spaces. Um, I got my Stormtrooper decanter that I've wanted a long time, my whiskey decanter. I got a badass Kylo Ren pipe for tobacco use only, obviously, right? Um, some really cool stuff there and some cool new pajama pants. So, And then I got a package from my little niece, who's all of five. But, you know, I always send her Star Wars stuff or things of the nature, you know, s superhero figures. Um, all that, You know, she got to send her all the Force of Destiny stuff. Uh, but she sent me Goodnight Darth Vader, Star Wars lightsaber thumb wrestling. You know, I mean, how can I not love that and one of those little metal models of c3po that i started to do today and then wanted to cry because i can't even get the fucking metal pieces out of the the sheet so that'll take me a little while to work out but so this this christmas was pretty rad as far as star wars goes um and i said i was going to do the show uh last week but it just i decided to again flip off 2018 and do this in 2019 so those are my i say my best christmas memories um adult and kid but yeah that that year with the the ewok that that, that was a it was a, a good story at the end but it was shit at the time damn it all right well i think that covers just about everything we had you know 16 questions from 12 different people or whatever it ended up being uh that's pretty awesome and i appreciate all of you for sending in comments um questions even, you know, when you disagree with me, like I said, the Chris Porteous, I love that you disagree with me. I love that. I, I feed off of that. I can't wait to hear your reaction to this um, on Instagram after you hear it. Um, love that shit. So um, keep it coming. You know, every week, send send me stuff. I will absolutely talk about it. it. Hell, shit. It gives me content for the show. What else the fuck would I have talked about this week if I didn't have you guys asking me questions? I'll just sit here and ramble on about Dryden Voss's hair. You know, what am I going to do? So it works out. I love it. It's good conversation. I really wish I could do a live show, damn it. One of these days I'll do a live show and have callers call in. But that's going to be a, a while, maybe during a vacation or something. But so check it out. Um, if you didn't know, you're listening to us here. But if you can tell your friends, we're on SoundCloud, we're on iTunes, and we're on www.rawlifepod.com. Um, check us out. Sarlacc Digest with me and the fellas, and obviously here at Hoth Topic. Um, I did realize that there's other Hoth Topics, and, and it's actually Hoth Topics. So be careful to tell your people that it's Hoth Topic on the Sarlacc Digest feed, not Hoth Topics, because Lord knows, I'm sure he doesn't say fuck near as much as I do. So you got, can't go over there. Oh, you know what? And before I go, let me go off of the Star Wars track. And you know that's usually the end of the show in Sarlacc, but I'm going to do it this week here on Hoth. I have seen a bunch of uh, shows and movies lately um, that I never talk about on any geek show, so I'm going to touch them right now. First of all, I've seen Bird Box, right? You know, it's all over the fucking internet. Everybody's talking about it. Is it good? Yeah, it kept my interest for the entire hour and whatever the fuck long it was, Okay. But the ending sucked ass. Um, it was just like Quiet Place, but blind. That's how I saw this, right? And I think everybody should see it that way. Uh, and the same problem I had with Quiet Place, where I just thought the ending was, meh, it, uh, that's the end? That, uh, my wife's face when it ended was like, are you fucking serious? We just watched it for that. 
I don't watch the whole movie for the ending, right? I watch it to be in, you know, entertained for an hour and a half or two hours, and I was. Just the ending was like, what the fuck? Um, so that was kind of wild. And speaking of shows that you watch, really, okay, not for the ending. The only thing I do watch for the ending is fucking uh, Black Mirror. So I watch Black Mirror, and I can watch an episode of that and watch 55 minutes and be like, this is the worst fucking episode of anything I've ever fucking watched. In the last five minutes, you're like, holy shit, that was great. I can't believe that I you know, was upset about the 55 minutes when it led up to that. But anyway, um, Black Mirror, the, the movie Bandersnatch that they have on Netflix. Holy fuck, that was fun as hell. Um, interactive. You get to choose your own adventure like the old adventure books you used to do when you were kids, if any of you are old enough to remember any of that. Um, and they play off of that. And I won't do any spoilers or anything, but holy shit, um, that was fun. And I've only watched one ending. My boys have watched, I believe, three. And they say it's, it's awesome and different. They kind of explain it to me because I don't, I don't know if I'm going to have time to watch it again. Um, but, oh, man, I, that was really, really good. I really like Black Mirror in general. Right. Mostly for the endings. This was fun. I'm glad they're doing another season of it, by the way. I think I saw that announced today um, or at least confirmed today. But that was good. So if you haven't checked that out, check that out. If nothing else. OK, the story is pretty cool, too, but it was just rad to be involved in it and the way and the thinking that has to go into it um, to lay out a. A choose your own adventure movie, I, I I'm impressed by people. You know, it was it was really, really neat. So check that out. I went and saw Bumblebee with the family. Uh, the first five minutes of Bumblebee, I know it was leaked kind of online, but oh, man, that was awesome. That's the way Michael Bay should have done it since day one. The OG G1 uh, Transformers with voices were perfect. Everything was perfect, um, especially on Cybertron. It was great. I think Bumblebee's story when he went to Earth was awesome. I think the relationship between him and the main character, the main human character, was great. John Cena's wooden as fuck. He's just John Cena, but his character was fine. Um, a lot of good comedy in it, not over the top. Um, good feels, good action. I could actually see when the robots were fighting what was going on. It wasn't just a tumble of fucking metal mess. Uh, it was good. It, and I know it's supposed to be a prequel, but they had mentioned that it was kind of like a soft reboot, and it was a soft reboot. Um, I guess if you don't want a spoiler, here's a little bit of a spoiler, so you might want to close your ears. Um, in the end, you kind of see the Autobots coming. This is the 80s, right? So if this is a direct prequel, that wouldn't work. They didn't come till much later. So it's obviously kind of a soft reboot, um, making kind of the same look um, as far as the CGI goes, some of the faces, stuff like that, the way they come to Earth and they're in their ships, that kind of thing is... Um, the same, but the time frame just throws it off. So it's got to be like a soft, soft reboot. And I think it was awesome. Definitely a fun watch. Definitely something you want to check out. And uh, yeah, uh, see Bumblebee. The last one I'll talk about is Aquaman. You guys know I'm a big DC fanboy, but I'm very uh, adamant about holding it to the fire. And, you know, if it's not great, it's not great. If it's good, it's good. Whatever it is. If it's, if it's fantastic, it's fantastic. Um, like I think Wonder Woman was a bit overrated. Um, it was good, but a bit overrated. I've only watched it twice. Um, Man of Steel is better with every watch. I I really think that shouldn't get as much bad as bad rap as it has. I don't hate Suicide Squad. 
I would have changed a few things, but Suicide Squad was fucking fun. I like Suicide Squad. So if you hate me for that, hate me for that. Uh, Batman versus Superman. Eh. Take away the Martha part. It's it's not horrible. It's fun to watch. And Justice League. Um, the la- I watched that three times. The last time I watched it, I actually enjoyed it more than the other two for some reason. I just sat back, relaxed, watched it. And I was like, oh, you know what? This is kind of fucking fun. Popcorn flick, Justice League, see them all together. It wasn't bad. Um, but then Aquaman. So I watched Aquaman. Holy shit. Aquaman was way worth going to. Aquaman is the best of the DC movies, period. Um, Aquaman is up there with most of the Marvel movies to me. It was really good. I think Momoa is perfect for it. I think taking him away from the blonde-haired, blue-eyed old Aquaman into a Momoa and Islander is absolutely perfect. I think that's the way it should be. I think um, the CGI, people bitch about the CGI in it. They're underwater. I think it was great. I didn't see anything wrong with the CGI, even in, in parts where I could probably figure out what they're bitching about. If I wasn't looking for what they were bitching about, I wouldn't have noticed. It was it was really good. The fights were good. The action was good. The comedy was good. Um, the actors did well. I I loved it. I loved it. Start to finish. I, I didn't have a bad thing to think about Aquaman. I, I, I'll get that, and I'll watch that a bunch of times. That would be my most watched DC movie easily. So I uh, highly recommend Aquaman. If you haven't seen that, it's just good old ass fun. It's 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 good stuff. If I can come out of a um no, I want to come out of Star Wars a little more pumped. But if I can come out of any movie as as smiling after it like I was with that one, oh man, I'm I'm always good there. So check out Aquaman, Bumblebee. If you haven't seen Bandersnatch, you can check those out. Uh Bird Box, if you miss it, you miss it. It's not that you can just watch Quiet Place again. It's not that big a deal. But you know what I'm excited for next? We got glass coming up, and I'm fucking pumped for glass. So that's my next one that I'll talk about either on this show or that show. But I am ready for glass. If you haven't watched Split yet, watch Split before glass because Split's awesome, and I'm really hoping glass just follows that up. So anyway, I know that was non-Star Wars, but I'm a well-rounded geek, and I talk some shit. So all right, guys, uh, I'm going to end it here. Thank you again for all your feedback, and until next time. I'll see you in hell. What I was thinking is that we need to cut a promo. Yeah, I've been working on some ideas. It's just I don't really know where to go with it exactly. What if I got like a filter where we could just kind of talk normally and we can have kind of a script, but then yes. I can I can like filter it so that one of us will have one kind of voice and then one will have the other. I want to put my request, make me as Freddy Krueger. Can you do that? Maybe instead of the voices, what if we tried to like write a skit, develop a whole thing and we have a backstory and, but well, I don't know. That might be kind of too long. So well, like screeching cars and explosions and fireworks. And, yeah. And, yeah. Well, what about, I like it. Maybe instead of, you know, doing a filter, we could just like reach out to Robert England himself and maybe Ooh. he can, you know, just record a promo for us sometime. Do you think, I, I mean, I, we might have to like raise some money. We can do a Kickstarter and we could just throw it out to like Robert England and you know sure, just sure. just all kinds of actors and and I think people will do that I think sure
Why not? Well, you know what? I don't know. Maybe we're overthinking this whole thing. How about if we just tell people where to find us? I like that. You can find us at Who Will Survive on iTunes, Stitcher, on the Legion Podcast Network, and on the Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting Network. Also on Facebook and Instagram under the same name. Oh, wait. Can we do it underwater uh, with that, piranhas killing me? That would kind of be brutal. And if that doesn't work, then you can do the regular promo. All right. Well, just get in the water and I'll go get some fish. All right, cool. Join the Nerds with Attitude podcast each week, now part of the Raw Live Unedited Network, featuring the Nerds with Attitude podcast. Covering pop culture, nerd news, TV shows, movies, comics, no, and toys. Also, listen to Nerd Tunes with Scott and Kevin, movie reviews with President Rob, Kevin interviews, and more. And remember, keep it nerdy. Kevin interviews. Nope, that's the show about cats. I talk to cats. In a world with far too many Star Wars podcasts comes one more Star Wars podcast. The Sarlacc Digest, a bi-weekly show covering Star Wars news, toys, book reviews, fan theories, and new canon discussion. All wings report in. Join the Sarlacc Digest hosts as they bring you knowledge and lore. Man, whenever the Yuzon Vong dropped the moon on Chewbacca's head, I shed a tear, dude. What? Not cannon. Jason and Jaina Solo. Why is it so hard for everybody to understand? The passion. So when Luke took off Vader's helmet, you could just see the sadness going in, the lighting, and the the tears forming, and it's just the the soundtrack just starts raising, and Uh, then you know it's a movie, right? What? The fandom. Okay, so I have my Darth Vader camping chair for the line, my brand new exclusive Luke and Leia vans. My Star Wars pop vinyl wristband that I just got. Oh, oh, did I tell you that I was going to get my next... uh... And the collecting world. I got the orange card of figures. I got the green card. I got the red card. Okay, do you have circles on hand? No circles, half circle? Half circles? Half circle. You got Palpatine blue saber? I do, and the barge. What the f***? No, not the barge. The Sarlacc Digest, bringing you line talk and digesting Star Wars topics over a thousand years. Find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're proud members of the RLU, Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting Network. Find us, rawlivepod.com. Pigs and Flicks is uh, part of the Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting Network, which means you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or the listening platform of your choice. Or you can go directly to rawlivepod.com. Yay!